Hello, and welcome to the Infinity Archives. Ooh. Good evening, afternoon, morning, delete as applicable. This is the Infinity Archives with me and him. Hello. And what are we talking about today, Will? Well, before we start our Doctor Who review, we got some news. In fact, we've got quite a bundle of news, really. Oh, let's get through it quick. Nobody's really interested. News. 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 Well, there's quite a lot of merchandise really in events but, um, so the first thing is they've the BBC um, the CBBC website they've got a new Doctor Who game out and it's the Doctor and the Dalek and it's basically a code sort of game where you've got input the Dalek to do different things it's a bit hard for me it's easy I've completed it all okay um, the siege mode which could be seen in flatline is being made into a paperweight like I said when it was on for the price of about 50 quid Catching uh, the seventh doctor's umbrella, so now you can be protected from the rain in a strange way. And you can also use it to drag people off while saying "is" mm, or slide down whichever cliff you like. Steady. Um, no, well, don't do that. It's a bit dangerous. Anyway, what's next? Uh, a Christmas Carol the soundtrack is actually be is being released on a vinyl. Well, there are lots of record collectors on there, and it does sound music does sound better on vinyl because if you're an old toad like me, you'll know that that's true. Okay, and the DVD box set of Series Eight—they're calling it a fan event for it. I'm not entirely sure why. It's a fan something. And there's only seventy tickets available, I think. Well, that's of no interest to me. If you can go, good good for you. If you can't, don't worry. It's not the end of the world. Um, Do you get a free DVD with that? Um, probably. What? Oh, I hope so, because now you've said they have. Um, the B there's a statement and everything. The BBC have announced a special fan event to be held in London and hosted by Frank Skinner, which will take place on Monday the 17th of November to, rem to mark the release of Series 8 DVD and Blu-ray set. The first chance will ha the first chance the cast to ha will have to reflect on the conclusion of Peter Capaldi's debut series as the Doctor in front of 140 lucky fans what? 100, oh, it's 140 then. Lucky fans at a central London location. Basically. Sounds awesome. What's next? Gareth Roberts has quit writing City of Death. I wonder what's going on there. Yeah, I have to say I'm rather sad about that. I was rather looking forward it, to it after the brilliant work he did on Adapting Sharda. Not to mention his other Fourth Doctor and Romana books. Hmm. Uh, it's been taken over by Torchwood writer and other Doctor Who book writer James Goss who's done one of the new Capaldi books and, and co-wrote The Doctor, His Lives and His Times, which was a good book. Let me just check my excitement barometer on that. Yes, it's gone down by about 83%. Well done. Well, okay. Um, sad news, the actor Barry Summerfield has died at the age of 71. 
He appeared in 24 episodes of Doctor Who over an eight-year period, playing uh, lots of different supporting characters from Rogons in uh, Revenge of the Cybermen, a Shreve in the Reboss Operation, a Foster in the Keeper of Trark, and as well as many other guards and soldiers over eight years. That's a lot of Doctor Who credits. Hmm. Um, another person with a Doctor Who, well, three Doctor Who credits, um, Michael Hayes, the director of Androids of Tara, the Armageddon Factor, and City of Death, has also died. Which is a sad news. A City of Death is brilliant. Um, Androids of Tara is pretty good too. Armageddon Factor, meh. But yeah, they're still good in a way, I suppose. Sad news indeed. Mm. And uh, very sad news now. Linda Bellingham has died after f uh, losing a battle to cancer. That's right. And jumping ahead to the recommendations, if you go to the Big Finish website, you can download what's at the time of recording the latest Doctor Who Who's Round interviewed by Tony Toby Hadouk. And that is a Linda Bellingham one, and it's well worth a listen. It's very interesting. It is. I listened to it and really enjoyed it. It was very nice and well presented, but that's the same with all of them, really. Yeah, but, you know, it's. You know, it's it's good, good. Considering she was quite ill when she recorded it, you know, she's quite a feisty lady and well worth a listen. And you know, very sad loss, not just to Doctor Who, but to acting in general. Mm. Uh, do you have any other news? Because I'm all newsed out. Oh, I've had enough of the news. No more news. That was our five-minute news roundup. How marvelous! That's what we should call it. We should five-minute news. Um, so that leads us on to Doctor Who now, in the form of Flatline. So, Will, my little Portrieve, what did you think of Flatline? Did it leave you feeling flat? <laughs> no, it really didn't. Uh, this has been the first episode since The Caretaker, which I sat through and really enjoyed. I thought it was great that um, Clara was... I know I've, I've had a problem with Clara all season, but this time she had a reason. Well, not so much reason, but... What problem with Clara? That she's been overshadowing the Doctor the whole time. I see. Uh, but uh, in this episode, she was given a reason to sort of overshadow him, with him being in the trapped in the box. And I enjoyed the story, and I just thought um, the guest cast were great, and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, been top three of the season, I reckon. It was good. It was a good, solid story. Um, to be honest, there was something missing for me. I can't quite put my finger on it, to be honest. I can't sort of say, oh, well, it was because of this or because of that. It was just something that didn't quite gel. I don't know what it was. Um, I like the idea of it. I like the 2D aliens um, performances, as usual, were brilliant. You know, some really good lines. I could have done without the phone conversation while they were hanging on the swing chair being attacked by the um, boneless. That was a bit... Daft. Yeah, not really, you know. Just didn't really sort of fit the mood of the episode, I thought. But I thought, no, it was quite good. When the boneless sort of went into sort of 3D, I thought that was quite an effective effect. They, all the f effects were good in this, I think, because they managed to blend in. Ah, I, all, all the effects, but the train, which was terrible. You didn't like the train? I thought the CGI train looked absolutely terrible. It looked cheap, and I've seen better game. I've seen better sort of graphics on a cheap game. It really was terrible. Really pulled me out of the episode, i got to be honest. Mm. The other stiff, I, the, my favourite one was the 
um, when they were being attacked in the living rooms who got eaten up and I thought that looked pretty good that was all done really well and I you know I really enjoyed that I thought it was pretty good mm. um uh, Gabby said something about um, not liking the fact that Clara couldn't get a hairband back from the train when it was sucked into the wall. Didn't really bother me, I've got to be honest. No, but that's just Gabby. Um, but yeah, I really liked uh, the whole episode. It's really enjoyable. Um, the fact that it's another thing that we see every day and it could be like an alien menace, like statues and shadows, and now we've got graffiti. It was good. The guest cast, as you said, were good, especially Christopher Fairbank. You know, he's he's always good, to be fair. But he's in Sapphire Steel. He is indeed. And Johnny Jack. And Batman and a hundreds and hundreds of things. And the Jovian Wade, the guy who played Clara's companion, what's his name, Riggsy. Um, I've seen him somewhere, but I can't think where. I'm going to have to Wikipedia him later. Okie dokie. But yeah, good idea. Like I said, there was just something missing for me so it didn't quite sort of hit the heights of brilliance but it, it was a solid episode for this series best moment best moment well that's easy i mean that's the end bit we're sort of um peter capaldi actually taking action for once against the aliens you know whipping out the sonic screwdriver giving him the old i'm the doctor moment which to be honest we should have had way back in deep breath or into the dalek or around then not towards the end of the season that should have been a deep breath when he uh, defeats or convinces the robot to throw himself out. And I thought, you know, we had a flash there of perhaps the Doctor that, you know, We've he could missing. be the more sort of avuncular, the more sort of heroic Doctor. Worst moment, the train. Would you say the train? Yeah, I have to say the CGI train really pulled me out of the story. Mm. Um, For me, best moment, like you said, the bit with the Doctor, because it just felt like the Doctor that we'd been missing really for the whole season the fact that he wasn't there and it was someone else like an intruder sort of thing um worst moment i think i'm going to, have to go with a chair swinging phone call bit because like you said that is a complete takeout and of course we have missy with her iphone pod type thing pad yeah and a case as well and a case on it so she's obviously very careful not to drop it as well hmm. so what are your theories there um but she's just got an ipad um Kena, oh god, I said Kena. Why, why has she chosen Clara then? What's that all about? Well, I like um, this theory is not mine. I can't take any credit for it whatsoever. It was Professor Dave's, and he said that it, um, it was that Missy is using um, uh, Clara to get to through to get to the Doctor through Clara, and I think that's how it's going to work. And seeing the trailer for the finale, I think it's going to be something around there. So, but like I said, I can't take any credit for it because it's not my theory at all. But uh, yeah, that's what I'm going with. Would you like to explain to people your theory that you put on as a joke? It's not a joke. It's it's it's, it's a very va- vi- you know it's a joke. Right. So the BBC Facebook. It's a serious post, theory. The BBC Facebook post. They said um, they put a picture of Missy after the episode, saying who do you think she is, and there are all sorts of crazy theories down there. And you put one of your own. Would you like to explain what it is? I said that she is in fact K9, who has been remade by Clockwork Robots, and of course. Because he's been remade into a woman, he's taking his cue from his main sort of mistress, Romana, because this is the canine that's escaped from e-space, so he's called himself Missy in honour of his mistress. Don't laugh! I'm sure the real explanation will be just as silly. I would... Th- I, yeah, I'm going to go with that. Okay. That it's going to be daft. I 
Why can't she just be something new? Why does she have to be something old and stuff? I mean, it would be maybe cool. she will be. Who's saying she's something old? Well. Of course, I did hear a wild and wacky theory that, in fact, Danny Pink is the Doctor and Peter Capaldi is just like a sort of temporary sort of hologram thing that's been created somehow. Like a regeneration failure sort of thing. Yes, and the actual Doctor is Danny Pink, so who's to say? Could be anything. I'm not entirely sure how that works, but it's a science fiction program. Anything could happen. Just let's talk about the next episode. Gabby's opinion of this episode is available, which you can listen to now. So I'm sitting here with Gabby, who's going to be reviewing Flatline, because she hasn't seen In the Forest of the Night just yet. But she will have by next week, so she'll be reviewing three, so that'll be a treat for you. But for the minute, we've got to hear her review of Flatline. So, Gabby, what did you think? I think Flatline is really good. Why? Because because Clara pretending to be the Doctor was really good, and the TARDIS being in her handbag the whole episode... And, um, the Doctor is trapped inside the TARDIS. So did you like that then? Yeah. And when the TARDIS is small, but it's bigger on the outside. No, bigger on the inside. Mm -hmm. And, um, when it gets about down to, like, a Rubik's Cube, that's really good. Ah. You know, you can buy one of them. Really? Yeah, one of the TARDISes and when it's a cube. Would you like to have one of them? Yeah. Well, have you got 50 quid? Yeah. But would you want to pay 50 quid for one? Yeah. Okay, obviously, that's, yeah. Did, did, was there anything you didn't like about Flatline, though? Um, yeah, there was one thing I didn't like about Flatline. What was that? Um, it was them coming, the bus going into the wall. The train? Yeah. Why didn't you like that? Because... The train goes into the wall. Mm-hmm. Chloe's headband goes into the wall. So she couldn't get that back. And I don't like. And I didn't like that part. So you didn't like the hairband dying? No. No. Well, thanks for that, Gabs. So next week you'll be reviewing In the Forest of the Night, Dark Water and Death in Heaven. Yes. The last three. Yep. What do you think of them? What do you think they... Yeah, do you think they look good? Yeah, yeah. And I'm not going to read any more of that book saying everything about the next episode. But I'm going to read about today, last night's episode. Okay. See you next week, Gabs. Bye-bye. In the Forest of the Night. I'm pretty sure there's a song about that, isn't there? It's a poem. Ah, I see. Written by Frank Cottrell Boyce. Um, no, I'm pretty sure it's William Blake. No, no, the episode. Ah. So these trees have taken over the planet, basically, and grown all, all overnight. And um, the Doctor is there trying to solve it while Clara and Danny are with their gifted and talented... Can I just say something about the gifted and talented group? You can't, I'm pretty sure that teachers aren't allowed to call a gifted and talented group gifted and talented just to make them feel better. I mean, if someone did that to me, I'd be like, hey, go away. You know? If that, that's far from being like you know a main problem with this episode but we'll get to that right so um for me this episode was dire i mean dire with a capital d it was i really didn't like it at all it was awful the fact that i spotted the pro- i spotted the solution before everybody else did that kind of made me feel like hey i never do this so this is obviously something daft um 
yeah, these flame retardant trees are stopping the earth from being roasted uh, like a marshmallow from a solar flare. <sighs> what? This makes no sense. Um, but yeah, I really didn't like this one at all. Um, and the fact that the doctor said uh, it's that way and didn't help a little girl when she was lost was just not something the doctor would be, that would he would do. It's just him being grumpy again. And yeah, I and the, the fact that you can distract a tiger using a torch. And it's like, surely that's going to make it go, hmm, fish, like, human looks tasty over there, I'm going to eat him. No? No one else think that? I have. It was the worst thing I've seen since ages. What about you? Oh, dear. What about me? Right, let's get a few things straight. I've watched Doctor Who for over 40 years. Since 79 has probably been my favourite thing ever. But this, you know... I've got to be honest, you know, I've said it before, I, and I'm trying so desperately not to be negative and not to be sort of bring it on a downer. But I haven't really been on board since Moffat took over, but this last series has really sort of stretched my patience. And I've got to say that this episode last night was just, oh. I mean, okay, let's start at the start. Right, it starts off, you know, the little girl knocking on the TARDIS, I'm lost. And there's the Doctor sort of completely not caring. And that's not the Doctor. The Doctor is a heroic figure. Any of the other Doctors, even Hartnell at his grumpiest, even Colin Baker at his most alien, even Tom at his blinking most alien, none of them would have turned that little girl away, I don't think. You know, they would have all helped her. And uh, this isn't Doctor Who. You know, I know they want to make him spiky. I know they want to make him different from Matt Smith. I know I've said all this before, but it's for me personally, it this interpretation of the Doctor just isn't working. And I think it's a real shame because Peter Capaldi is such a good actor that, you know, if he was, I hate to say it, a more traditional Doctor, it would be fantastic. Now we move on to the plot. Now, come on. Which museum, let alone the National Museum of London, lets kids stay over on a sleep-in? I mean, that to me is just such a daft idea. And of course, you know, next morning they wake up, trees everywhere. A whole of London, whole of the world covered in trees. Now, this hasn't just happened overnight here, but it's happened in the daytime on the other half of the blinking hemisphere. You know... No one's been made aware of it. We see this great panoramic view of London. No helicopters or anything surveying the situation. Hardly any people about, you know, no noise, no panic. And it's just, oh. I have a theory for that. Well, good for you. You said last night, why, were there, why weren't there any helicopters surveying the area? Well, I thought if there are trees everywhere, surely they're going to have a bit of difficulty actually getting into the air. Maybe, maybe. But, that, that's but I think I think they, you know, they'd have a be able to sort of free at least a few of them, mm. you know, and the fact that you know all the television and phone signals are interrupt un uninterrupted, I should say, by all this extra foliage everywhere and the whole thing about the foliage being flame retardant, you know, how do trees, you know, I know, you know. This is where all the people now, over the next coming week, will probably give you the same old justifications. Oh, it's only a science fiction show. It's a fantasy show. It's all made up. Yeah, I know that. But come on, these ideas are just silly. You know, 
And these are the same people, like I said before, who are absolutely tearing apart rings of Akaten for having daft ideas last year. And yet now, because it's Peter Capaldi, everyone sort of seems to sort of just accept any daft idea they throw at us. If this were to be like a big finish play, everybody would hate it. They'd be like, oh, this is the worst thing ever. Well, I would love to see this. Now, if this had been a Matt Smith episode, what would people have thought of it then? And likewise, if Rings of Akaten or Power of Three had been a Capaldi episode, I bet everybody would be like, oh, fantastic, brilliant, one of the best. Hmm. I mean, if you're on board with it, brilliant. Because quite frankly, I'm jealous of you. But write in. Tell us tell us why it connects with you because it's really not working for me and the whole thing about the solar flare and then we get this scene that the trees and the plants are protecting the earth and we have the solar flare hit earth and everything's safe and <laughs> because of this forest that's sprung up overnight and then the forest disappears in twinkly little fairy lights i mean what is this all about and then to end on you know this girl's missing sister who has played no part in the pot, plot and then suddenly, you know, what's happening there? Was she hiding in the rhododendron bush? Was she the rhododendron bush? I mean, I just... Oh. And, you know, to be fair, I am absolutely flabbergasted by how many people are loving it. It's like, oh, brilliant episode. Yeah, there were some nice shots in it. Yeah, like I said, the acting's brilliant. But the story is just... Oh. Yeah. all over the shop like I said if this had been a big finish thing this would have been torn apart um, and the fact that this this whole thing um, everybody loves it like you said and the tigers how did they if if these tigers can get out then where are all the other animals you know why why are we only seeing the things that are a threat why can't we see like nice little um, friendly pacifistical animals you know and there's nobody about except like the one mother who sort of cycles to where the TARDIS is <laughs> by chance obviously so we get the oh mummy and all these kids saying oh I want you know I just this is you know I've, I've never read any of Frank Bottrell Boyce's books or whatever he's called and to be fair after seeing this episode I'll be giving them a very very wide berth ah but you watched the Olympic opening ceremony <laughs> since when does that qualify anyone you know I know he's done screenplays and television before but but this is um this is uh this like you said about the whole um one person we see one other person apart from the main little gang going around the forest this is london one of the busiest places in the uk if not the busiest where is everybody where are they like it's just the fact that all this stuff you know appears overnight and sort of disappears you know even faster <laughs> in a sparkle of twinkly lights just you know I was talking to some somebody on Facebook and as I called it then it's just hippy trippy drippy nonsense mm, I think he must have written this when he was under the influence of something well you know I, I mean I'm completely on board with the spirit of it and the idea behind it you know let's make something that promotes you know ecology and you know, let's think a bit more about the trees, but this was so heavy-handed and so silly, you know, it just spoiled anything, you know. The fact that the whole series has been like that for me, though, I mean, haven't... You said you weren't, haven't been on board, really, with Doctor Who since Moffat took over. I was sort of having my doubts last year towards the end of Series 7, 
and then this year it's just been awful. I don't. I miss being excited for Doctor Who, if you know what I mean. To be honest, once this series finishes, I'm going to go back and watch the Matt Smith episodes again because I haven't watched them for a while, and I'm, you know, I'm quite interested to see how I'm going to feel about them now. But to be honest, since Moffat took over, with the exception of the Eleventh Hour, Christmas Carol, a few other episodes, I haven't really. It just, I don't know. It just doesn't connect with me, and it's not even something that I can necessarily put my finger on. As I said before, it's just. And I never had this problem at all with the RTD era, even though he, you know, he made some mistakes and there were some poor stories. But everybody does that; it's human. You know, I enjoyed them. You know, I mean, people sort of go on length about, you know, the end of time and how terrible that two-parter is. I've got a problem. I really enjoy it. Mm. You know, I can see its faults. I can see sort of some of the daft plot in, but like the last fifteen minutes where he's going around could have been a lot shorter. I mean, that just seemed to drag, but. You know, no, that worked for me. I loved going back and seeing what all the other companions were doing, and no, going I mean, back and revisiting. I mean, that was fine. I mean, no, I just thought it took it took a little bit too long. If you know what I mean. Never had a problem with that at all myself. Um, but since Moffat took over, there's been probably I put my finger on about like you said five to ten episodes of like Eleventh Hour, Christmas Carol, The Angel Two Parter in Series Five, um, Day of the Doctor, and a few other Vincent and the Doctor, all those sort of ones. Um. And I'm not a Moffat, ha- you know, I'm not a Moffat hater because he has written, some, you know, when he's writing, he has written some wonderful stuff. But as a showrunner, it just doesn't work for me. But, you know, I've said all this before, so like I'm not going to dwell on it. Like, that's brilliant. Yeah, I think a lot of that is down to Mark Gattis as well, though, to be honest. Mm. Um. So, yeah, um, not really a fan of this episode. Um hopefully the two-part finale will sort of bring the series up but i don't know okay i'm not sure where that's gonna go so anything else now you want to say about these two episodes no no very mixed bag (laughs) yeah right our guest today is brian cox brian cox the eminent scientist who's who presented the science of Doctor Who and is on television more than most television presenters? Well, how exciting! No, Brian Crocs. Brian Crocs. So, big hand, please, for Mr. Brian Crocs. So, you're not the Brian Cox, the eminent scientist, television presenter and all-round science boffing. Uh, no, I'm Brian Cox. I'm a, gen- I'm, a, I'm a general science teacher. Oh, well, that's um, marvellous. Well, um, Mr. Cox, there's been a lot of controversy over the past couple of weeks about the science of Doctor Who. What what's your take on it? Well, you know, it is a fantasy pro. Yeah, we know all that. Everyone's saying that. But come on, give us a. Let, let's start with Kill the Moon. Now we have viruses in that. Now, is it possible for a virus to mu- mutate into a giant spider on the moon? Well, viruses could be altered by hypogenic protein strings with a nitrogen closure, but they would look like. 
amoebus jelly blobs, not really spiders. And, you know, having the moon as an egg is quite impossible, really, because you wouldn't be able to provide the nutrients or the life support system to sustain such a creature for such a long period of time. Right. So, what about the flame-retardant forest growing overnight to protect the wo world from a rampant solar flare? Well, that's just complete Okay, well, thank you, Brian Crocs, and perhaps you'll come back at some later date for some more scientific input. Yeah, I'd like that very much. If 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 I can keep me Bunsen burner clean, I'll I'll bring it in. Okay, thanks for that. What a what a strange fellow. Yes, that was a thing. Anyway, what's next? Uh, recommendations. Well, my recommendation would be, as I've said, check out not just the last Who's Round podcast from Big Finish, Toby Hadouki, which he very interviews various people from Doctor Who, and they are fascinating listening. They really are. But I've also been listening to the audiobook of Blue Bo Box Boy by Matthew Waterhouse, who played... And it's a really good listen. It's a really interesting read, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. So I, I'd say I'd probably recommend that. Yeah, it was interesting. I got that as um, my my audible credit uh, for a month, and I, I had my suspicions and I had my doubts. But once I got into it, I thought this is really interesting, and uh, I was expecting it to be longer. Yes, I, I, it, it, but it was it was good. It, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's very it's a very interesting. Um, way that he deals with the point of view from the Tom Baker to Peter Davison crossover from his point of view from someone who was actually there when it happened so maybe give it a read or a listen I think it's available in book form still or audiobook have a look on Amazon or something because it's 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 interesting and I think old Adric's going through a bit of a renaissance it seems yeah and it's uh, thoroughly interesting um, my recommendation for this month uh, this podcast is def um Another audio source of entertainment, and those are the audios that have been repeated on the uh, radio from Big Finish. They're the fourth season of the Eighth Doctor Adventures, which have been repeated countless times, but they are good. Um, my favourite so far, um, probably Relative Dimensions, um, which is what, which is literally a bottle episode inside the TARDIS with Susan, the Eighth Doctor, Lucy, and Alex. And um, I think tonight they're doing. Uh, the Dalek Tupato, which uh, sees the demise of a certain character. A certain two characters, I should say. Spoilers. Yeah, well, they've been around for ages. And, they, and the events of that lead into the audio series Dark Eyes, which is great as well. Well, there we are. So, for another fortnight. As we wind our weary way down the spatial avenues, preparing for the... Excitement, confusion, and probably disappointment of the final two-parter. Well, it's got Gemma Redgrave in, um, and Ingrid Oliver, who played the two unit people, who I love both. They're great. Um, so maybe that should... And it's got Simon in, so 
if that adds to the plot and makes it better, I'll be positive. If it doesn't and they get underused, I'll Simon? be... Cybermen. Cybermen. <laughs> you said Simon. <laughs> um, speak up, boy. Sorry, I will speak up. But um, if they detract from the plot or are underused, I shall be furious. Well, it can't be any worse than that last one. So on that note, and that bombshell, we bid you adieu. Goodbye, my dears. You have been listening to the Infinity Archives featuring Will and Gareth Lloyd. No copyright infringement is intended, and we appreciate all comments which you can email, tweet, and Facebook to us. Or you can leave a comment on the blogs or on the YouTube page. You can download this episode on our SoundCloud stream where this episode will feature for four weeks, and then you can listen on YouTube. See you in two weeks.